Hello, my name is Adam Eason. Welcome to episode 49 of Hypnosis Weekly. Hypnosis friends and a very warm welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. Once again, in my own highly biased opinion, I think I have an explosion of hypnosis goodness of a show lined up for you today. And yes, it's a warm welcome because it's a heat wave here in the UK. It is hot. It's Scorchio indeed. Uh, I am recording this particular show in shorts, vest and flip flops. You'll be delighted to know. In a short while, I'll be sharing with you an interview with my guest, Nicole Wuckernagel. Then I'll be looking at the hypnosis in the news stories, examining the media where hypnosis is featured. I offer up some personal subjective commentary on the ways hypnosis is portrayed in the media, but also the content on some of those media stories. We then return with our professional discussion with my guest, Nicole Wuckernagel. We shall be exploring her approach to medical applications of hypnosis. We'll round things off with this week's hypnosis evidence based factoid before I bid you farewell for another week. As I say at the beginning of every Hypnosis Weekly episode, this podcast is something that I want to encompass a feeling of embracing diversity, celebrating the field of hypnosis and encouraging friendly, professional, enjoyable discussion and debate, as well as doing its best to inform and educate. I do not share the same stance as most of our guests and at times have major differences in approach and leaning, but all are incredibly lovely people who I'd happily talk with until late in the pub and all of whom, following their time here on Hypnosis Weekly, I have a great deal of respect for. If you have questions, queries, thoughts or feedback, do get in touch via the Hypnosis Weekly website. All the references made in the discussions, along with related links, are posted at each episode on the website www.hypnosis-weekly.com. You can add your thoughts, comments and make any suggestions there too. Please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else to help us reach more of the Hypnosis community. It's greatly appreciated. If you do enjoy this podcast, then please do go and give us a favourable rating and a review at iTunes. I'll be your BFF if you do. So first of all today is this week's interview. It's with great pleasure that I welcome Nicole Wuckernagel. Following the UK's decision to leave the European Union recently, I feel like I'm healing Anglo-European relations far better than our newly appointed Foreign Secretary here, Boris Johnson, by having a distinctly European feel to the podcast in recent weeks. I first heard Nicole talk about hypnosis as she was on a live show for World Hypnosis Day with former guest of the show, my friend Sean Michael Andrews, the world's fastest hypnotist. I recently enjoyed her her enthusiasm too when we were discussing. I decided to reach out for her following hearing her on that particular show, asked her if she'd come and join me here. For now then, get comfy my friends, turn up the volume, sip on your tea. Enjoy this week's interview. So, as I've just been discussing, I'm delighted to welcome the one and only Nicole Wuckernagel. Nicole, welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for the interview and thank you to inviting me for this interview. It's, um, a, it's a real pleasure. As I was saying to you off, uh, I'm, I'm off, off recording, you're adding a metropolitan feel to the podcast. 
Okay. <laughs> so tell us, tell us, tell us a little bit about your background.、Um, tell us how did you get into this field, and how have you arrived at where you are now? Okay,、um, I get in, got into this field actually as a kid. I was really interested in hypnosis, and my grandmother had this 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 old like black.、Uh, what is this in English? Like this black thing with music on it. Yeah. With relaxing music and some suggestions, and I was really, I was really thrilled to listen at them. But some people they told me, "Oh, that's dangerous. Hypnosis is dangerous. You can be really, like,、uh, it could be threatening, threatening to you."、Mm. So、uh, I was, I was really, I was really thrilled there. And when I got sixteen. I was still interested in hypnosis and and relaxing and the whole thing. So,、uh, but also there, people mentioned to me it's dangerous. You cannot do that. You、mm-hmm. cannot learn that. So I have to ha- learn my profession. My earlier profession was my earlier profession was in、uh, in the medical field.、Mm-hmm. I worked、uh, in a hospital in a, as a laboratory assistant. And there. I was always enjoying to have to do with with the patients, and to work with them, and to figure out what's going on. And so, medicine and psychological things were always a really something really thrilling for me. Yeah. So, when I got thirty <laughs> five, I had to be thirty five to get into hypnosis field.、Mm. Uh, I had to. To fix my teeth in front, and I was really scared about that. Not、mm. about the dentist, but about fixing my teeth.、Mm. So, somebody mentioned to me I should do hypnosis. I I thought no, well that's something really mystical, something dangerous. No, I had this picture in my mind, you know,、mm. this really well known picture of of being a zombie or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> And then I really,、uh, I had this、uh, dental, this dental date, and we did, did this dental work, and I had really, really, a, really a good、uh, date at this dental office with hypnosis. It was really just great, relaxing, and I was enjoying dental work. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Brilliant. I couldn't wait for the next date, actually, to be at this dentist and fix my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Because it felt so wonderful. So I asked her. I I said, "Listen, you have to give me all the information to to know more about this field." Because I felt it's really it's a it's it's a key to my life to other lives. That's that was my first impression. Yeah. So I was really. For three years, I was really like、uh, searching for for a school, searching where I can learn it more.、Mm-hmm. And some people they said, "No, you cannot learn learn hypnosis because you're not a dentist or not a doctor." Right. But I said, "I don't want to give up. It's just it. I had a clue. It could be my passion. Yeah. And I can change lives. You know. Yeah. So、uh, yeah, I found a school here in Switzerland. Brilliant, and、uh, I learned that. That's six years ago now, in two thousand and ten. Yeah, and the whole thing began actually. And, and this was the start of a wonderful relationship. Yeah. Um. 
Um, so, so tell us then, um, Nicole, with, with, with this lifetime of experience and then the study um, over, over, over more recent years, to date, how, how do you define hypnosis and how, how did you arrive at that definition? And, and when people ask you about it, how do you explain hypnosis to other people? When I'm also, as you probably know, I'm also a, an IAC trainer. Yeah. Hope you know that. Yeah. So usually to my students, I say hypnosis is an essentially a psycho, psychological state of aroused, attentive, re receptive, focal concentration with a corresponding diminution in a peripheral awareness. Mm. Now, you get it? Yeah. Now, you get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so can you explain that? Yeah, sure. So psycho, psychological state, that means body and mind. That yeah. means everything is together. Yeah. Of aroused, attentive. That means you're not out. You're not knocked out. You're not sleeping. Good. Yeah. You're very aware. Yeah. Receptive means that you're taking in. You're sucking in all the information, all the suggestions I give you receiving the suggestions you know focal right. concentration means that you are focusing on something that you're yeah. always pretty focused and concentrated with a corresponding diminution that means there's a lessening there's a nestling of peripheral awareness that means less concern what's all around you if mm. people are talking if 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 you hear something anything you just so unaware about that yeah. you don't care so much about that anymore yeah. that's the thing i mean there's that's a lot of of definitions about hypnosis uh, everybody has his own definition yeah i mean uh, there's so many out there but my clients usually i say i explain to them the the conscious and the subconscious and how it works sure i don't give them any any definition because mostly it's it's they have just to they have really to to i have to explain it you know how yeah. it works why it works so they are not afraid anymore of yeah. doing that so with all of that in mind nicole tell us who are your who are, the, who are some of the major influences um um in in this field for you um perhaps you can tell us about some of the books and authors that have taught you the most and perhaps tell us a little bit about some of the teachers that have been most influential upon you and why mm -hmm. the thing was um when i did the basic schooling about hypnosis six years ago i was always impressed about dave elman yeah and so I read the books, I read, or the book, I, I bought some things from Dave Elman, and I discovered that mostly I'm working uh, in Dave Elman's style. Yeah. That was also the cause that I was invited uh, to, to be a Dave Elman Methods instructor, actually. Yeah. And I'm really impressed about this story about everything that he did for the hypnosis field. Yeah. And I was really I was really lucky to have good friends and good mentors the last few years. Mm. And one of the teachers that influenced me the most was actually Sean Michael Andrews. Mm. He's a big friend of the show and yeah. uh, hello uh, uh, if you're listening um, I'm a big hello to you fastest hypnotist in the world. <laughs> 
yeah, and why actually he he was influencing me so much was I'm really impressed. It was not only him that was impressing for me, but there are teachers outside that are really humble, really like natural. Yeah. And I think in our field it's so important to be natural, to be also kind of emotional, to be also being humbled because the most people out there, they have like the picture like we have as hypnotist, a big influence and breaking their will and so on and so on. The big mm. hypnotist or hypnotherapist and the tiny little client. Mm. I discovered that a lot. So I think it's really, really important to, even when, when you have a lot of knowledge and even when you're pretty well known in the world, I think it's all about the heart. It's all about being humble in a natural way. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's, that's lovely. I think I it's think lovely to hear. Yeah. And, and I, that's, that was the most impressing thing that I discovered. Also about the knowledge. Sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, um, tell me, Nicole, what, what, throughout your experience to date, what's been, what's been the most impressive application of hypnosis that you've, that you've directly witnessed? Ooh, that's a, really difficult question do you mean by my work itself in my practice or what do you think what yeah do you yeah I, I mean i mean you decide any um um whether it's um whether it's uh personally or whether it is your own experience or whether it is professionally um um, um any any experience really i'm i'm, I'm happy with Okay. The thing is, um, I I saw many, many clients changing their lives, but also yeah. by myself. I mean, I had uh, some really, really good experience with hypnosis by myself where feelings were just, just, they're not there anymore. Mm. Like negative feelings, like, like really, I had several hypnosis sessions where uh, I had really struggling with some, some things of my past. And they're just gone. I mean, they're just, I see dreams are changing, uh, visions are changing, feelings are changing. It would be, I think it would be too much if I would say um, in details what changed exactly. But yeah. I just, I'm just still amazed and I'm just thrilled about what hypnosis can do actually. I completely agree. You know, um, in fact, for me, sometimes just just as kind of day to day things with with day to day clients mm -hmm. um, seem like magical. And, Absolutely. Um, um, I really love that. If you could go back to when you started out as a hypnotherapist, as a hypnosis professional, you know, knowing what you know now with all the kind of knowledge that you've got and the experience that you've got, is there anything you do differently? And if so, perhaps you would uh, would share that with the with with the listeners. And um, what what advice would the person that you are today give that younger you? And would you mind sharing that with with our listeners? Mm -hmm. I would say uh, what I would change. Uh, I would be not so focused on one school. Right. Yeah. I was. For years, I was focused on one school and only yeah. one school, and that was that was important for me to see that. Today, I would say to my younger 
myself, I would say, go on, go to other schools, go to other techniques really earlier than I did. I waited too long, actually. Yeah. And to learn as much as possible. Yeah. Because other teachers, other schools have other techniques, other things that helps you to improve the confidence in hypnosis, to do hypnosis and to work with your clients. Because everybody has to share something. Everybody has to give something. And I mean, you, we can learn yeah. from each one of us. And I even learn from my clients a lot or from my students. I learn even probably more from them than they learn from me, I think. Yeah. So it's it's I think it's it's really important to be open open minded and have an open view of the whole hypnosis world because there are so many good things out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely I agree. Um um it's something that I talk about massively, you know, that 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 people embrace the diversity and uh and and examine the wide variety of different um um, um contributions to this mm -hmm. field. Mm -hmm. Um um yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Nicole, before we move on, before we start dis discussing anything else today, where can people go to learn more about your work and to learn more about uh, your approach to hypnosis? Um, you can go to my website, but it's in German, actually. You can go to www.vitaa.com. L E B E R A point C H. Yeah. So what we will do is we'll put a link to your website okay. at, at this episode um, um, at this episode page uh, of the podcast in order that. Um, uh, uh, people can just click straight through. Thank you ever so much indeed for all of that, Nicole. Um, um, and we'll be back with you in a few moments' time for this week's professional discussion. But for now, thanks very much, Nicole Wekonagel. You're welcome. I really enjoyed that. As I said, um, we'll be back with Nicole uh, over in Switzerland for our professional discussion shortly. A very lovely lady. And uh, English is not her native language, so I really appreciated her discussing our beloved uh, subject of hypnosis in English. So um, on to this week's hypnosis in the news then. This week I'm citing two recent media stories that have a very similar underlying theme and they both relate to this week's professional discussion with Nicole too because they have a medical flavour, a medical theme. The first article featured in the Irish Times and um, uh, the, the title of the article is I rarely tell fellow GPs about my interest in hypnosis. And the second article uh, was featured in the Reading Eagle and it was uh, entitled The Dentist's Chair, Hypnosis Underutilised in Dentistry. Now, the reason that I cite both of these stories, I'm not going to go into great detail um, with regards to, to what they say, um, and beyond a, a particular point. You see, both stories are by brave and open-minded conventional health professionals, medical professionals, uh, a doctor and a dentist who, who believe that hypnosis is underused, underutilized, and, and both state that, that you know, hypnosis still has a stigma attached to it among fellow professionals within those medical fields. 
And I'll add something personal to that. You know, with my own research, for example, I've come into contact with some of the most prestigious members of peer review panels for major hypnosis journals in the world. I've discussed, laughed, shared thoughts, talked hypnosis with many of these people. Um, I even consider a number of very prominent researchers and scholars to be good friends of mine. Yet if I ask them to come, which I have done, to come and join me here on the Hypnosis Weekly podcast, will they come and join me? Heck, will they? You bet they won't. They won't touch this show with a barge pole, which is really sad as far as I'm concerned. They are reluctant. They are as reluctant, in fact, to mix it up with us frontline hypnotherapists as the vast majority of frontline hypnotherapists are to actually have to read and understand research and science relating to this field. So we see it widely in these particular media articles. There is a chasm a chasm that exists between frontline hypnotherapy and conventional healthcare. There is a chasm between frontline hypnotherapy and the very academics and researchers who contribute to our evidence base, that, that have created our evidence base. And isn't that a shame? Imagine what would happen without such a chasm, you know. Part of my own raison d'etre with my training college and with uh, projects such as my own hypnosis blog and this podcast has always been to attempt to close that gap and bring both sides together. But it's so tough, it's so hard when so much of our field is portrayed so inaccurately within the media and when there's so much myth and misconception that continues to be spread and regurgitated by generation upon generation of hypnotherapists who basically just just learn what they are taught and then teach what they are taught and just continue to confirm the same things without growing, developing. And thus, you know, academics, researchers are very reluctant to to touch base with with that sort of hard headedness. Um, That's all. That's all I have to say. Links to these media stories that I've mentioned are listed under this week's podcast entry on www.hypnosis-weekly.com. Next up, we have this week's professional discussion. I welcome back, uh, heralding from over in Switzerland, the very lovely Nicole Wuckernagel. When I asked Nicole about what got her excited about the field of hypnosis and hypnotherapy, she immediately spoke of her work with medical applications of hypnosis and relating it to, to her previous medical background. And I could tell how much that really did excite her. So that's what we're going to discuss this week. Here is this week's professional discussion with Nicole Wuckernagel. Enjoy. So I'm rejoined by this week's guest, Nicole Wuckernagel. Um, um, and... Nicole and I, when we were uh, talking about what what kind of things we were going to discuss with this week's professional discussion, it became really apparent that uh, Nicole had a a real passion for medical hypnosis. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, sort of medical applications of hypnosis. Nicole, first of all, could you just tell us a little bit about the reasons you became interested in this and and, and a little bit more about your history and what led you towards um, to being passionate about uh, sort of medical applications of hypnosis? Mm -hmm. Um, I had some really, really bad experiences by myself as a child Mm. with pain, with fear. I had uh, a lot of surgeries, medical surgeries as a child. And often yeah. I was really scared. I was in pain. I had I had really some really nightmares and bad experiences. And I think 
if I would have the possibility to know uh, some some kind of hypnosis techniques or somebody that helped me with that, yeah. I think a lot of things could be easy could be easier in the past. Yeah. So. I think today nobody has to be afraid or um, has to have pain. Yeah. I think it's really possible. We're so, so, I mean, our brain is so great. Our mind is so great that we can just put the things apart. And so that's why I'm so passionate about medical hypnosis to yeah. really support patients, to support people like kids or adults in, in surgery or a dental, in a dental office or whatever. Yeah. It's just to give them a good feeling. It hangs also together with my first experience with, with a dentist yeah. I had with my first hypnosis. Yeah. So I think it's, for me, it's a hard thing. It's not just a job, but it's a passion. It's a, it's yeah. a hard thing to really to support people in, in any, any way I can. And, and do you think that some of your experience within the medical field, some of your previous experience has been useful to you um, as a hypnosis professional? Absolutely, because I can feel with, I can feel with the client. Yeah. I can go with it. Yeah. I mean, yes. When I'm working with clients, I, I go with my heart. It's not just, as I said, a job. Yeah. But it's just, and, and I think they they can feel it too. Yeah. But, but I'm thinking also in terms of your, your knowledge, your training, you know, the knowledge and training that you had yeah. um, um, from, you know, some of your earlier career. Mm -hmm. um, um, have you found yourself sort of importing some of that to what you do? Absolutely. That gives yeah. me the understanding sometimes of, of uh, how things come together and why. Yeah. Although I have always to ask for, for uh, the okay from doctors or dentists, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. But I know when, when a client is coming in, I know what's going on and I know what hangs together sometimes. So I don't have to ask really a lot because I know it. Yeah. I, I studied it in the yeah. medical area. So it's not a big deal for me. Yeah, great, great. And so um, 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 just tell me a little bit more. When we're talking about medical hypnosis, what kind of specific applications are we talking about here? What, what, what kind of ways are we talking about that hypnosis can actually be, be, be used medically? I mean, medical, the medical hypnosis is really a wide, yeah. a wide range of hypnosis. You can put anything in there. Uh, I would say I, I'm specialized of supporting people uh, for surgery in before surgery or after yeah. surgery with chronic pains with acute pains uh then in a dental office to support them to go with them to the to the dentist actually or to the, to, to the doctor yeah but medical hypnosis is much more actually i mean there's also including fear there's including the different sicknesses where you can when you can um with the mind you can influence some sicknesses. I don't heal. I always say I don't heal, but I can influence with the mind several things. Yeah. Like stress or or pain or fear or whatever. There's yeah. so much. And, and 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 fear and stress, you know, contribute to to so much um um you know that's related to to illness. So mm -hmm. um I I can understand that absolutely. And so 
tell me a little bit about about your approach in this regard then um nicole just to tell us a little bit about you know typically what is your what is your approach as far as medical hypnosis is concerned perhaps some of your some of your influences or some of the kind of classic techniques or approaches that that, that you utilize within within that sort of medical hypnosis environment Mm -hmm. Mostly I'm using the Dave Elman techniques, that means the direct approach yeah. to solve the problem, to, to see what is underlying, what, what is the underlying cause of the problem, mm. and mentally solve it together with the client, with direct suggestions, yeah. and yeah. some, or maybe I would say often I use also NLP. I actually make a mixture of different techniques like parts therapy, sometimes Simpson protocols, sometimes uh, I'm just very flexible. Gilboin also. Yeah. There are so many there's so many techniques and, and I had so many trainings. That's yeah. why probably I'm very flexible within the session itself. Yeah. So I can really I can just if I see that anything's not working really like I think it should, so I just switch to an, to another technique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, um, can you tell us perhaps um, um, about uh, 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 about your approach with regards to a, a particular case? Um, can you give us some insight with regards to a particular case that you've worked with, for example? Um, okay, a really easy one. I had a woman with a. She was afraid of, of heights. That was a really, really easy one. Yeah. Nothing special, actually. And she couldn't go on a bridge. She couldn't go on anything. And usually you say, okay, now we have to go to, to the underlying cause and see how can you solve that. Yeah. But actually, it's, it was much easier than that. There, there was no cause. Mm. Sometimes it happens. There is no cause. Mm. So I did it just with a cinema technique from an NLP, which I learned from Shawn Michael Andrews. Yeah. See, sometimes right. it's really, really easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Um, um, with regards to, to sort of medical applications of hypnosis then, do you find um, um, that... You know, and do you think it would be useful for more medical practitioners to, to learn hypnosis and hypnotic skills? Oh yeah, absolutely. I would I would really wish that uh, more dentists, more physicians would learn that, or even hire a hypnotherapist. Yeah. My passion is really that the hypnosis get more accepted in European yeah. country, more um, accepted as not only uh, like stage or like fun things, but also taking serious in the medical field, yeah. because I think I think could be really an important puzzle stone to help and support the patient. Yeah. Um, um, that's wonderful. Um, um, thank you so much for, for coming on and speaking to us, Nicole. Um, 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 you know, the, 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 this idea of medical hypnosis, from my own personal perspective, you know, here in the UK, I had an article, well, a couple of articles that were published with... Uh, um, in the Nursing Times, for example, and one of the things that I put within that article was how much, 
how much use I think um, um, hypnosis would be if if it was being employed really effectively by nurses, for example, mm -hmm. um, both exactly. prior to surgery, both with regards to recovery from yeah. surgery and things like that. Um, so so I, I really appreciate a lot of what you've been saying there. Um, um, you know, we're pretty much out of time today. So all that really leaves me to say is, Nicole Wokanagel, thank you very much for joining us on Hypnosis Weekly. You're very welcome. It was an honor to be on the interview with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Lovely. Enjoyed that. Enjoyed that discussion. So... Um, finally today, we have our evidence-based hypnosis factoid of the week, and it is just this. Hypnosis improves immune response. Yes, indeed, that is our factoid. Hypnosis improves immune response. In the study that featured in the American Journal of Clinical Hypnosis entitled Effects of Hypnosis on the Immune Response, B-cells, T-cells, Helper and Suppressor Cells, subjects that were exposed to hypnosis showed significantly greater increases of immune responses measured in T-cells, B-cells, suppressor cells and helper cells when compared to the waiting list control group and a group that was exposed to relapse. Relaxation. It outperformed relaxation greatly and typically, you know, relaxation is shown to improve immune responses too. So um, a really impressive piece of evidence, that particular um, study there. That's this week's evidence-based hypnosis factoid of the week. So I do have many more exciting guests that are welcome to Hypnosis Weekly in coming weeks too. We'll be discussing, debating, celebrating, and above all, remaining friends. Um, and to repeat, all the references made in the discussions along with related links are posted at each episode on the Hypnosis Weekly website, www.hypnosis-weekly.com. Um, so it was a shorter, slightly shorter edition of Hypnosis Weekly uh, this week, mainly because next time out, it is our 50th edition, and a special one it is too. I welcome back many, many of our former guests to the show who will be sharing their all-time favourite hypnosis quotes to you listeners. And I've got to tell you, the contributions are just wonderful. The episode is going to be a corker. I think you will love it. Um, I absolutely welcome your thoughts, comments, suggestions and questions. Do please message me or add them on the Hypnosis Weekly website and I'll make sure they are addressed, answered and explored accordingly. Please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else. Really help us reach the hypnosis field. Thanks again to Nicole Wokonagel. Thanks to you for tuning in as always. My name is Adam Eason. This has been Hypnosis Weekly. Until next time, goodbye for now. Music